0: You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's going on, you guys? Hope that you are doing well. We are starting a new series, and this is going to be essentially a year-long series entitled Threads. We're doing it in conjunction with Faith Chapel. Our um, our church family is going through um, the Bible in a really unique way over the next year. So, what's happening on the weekends at Faith Chapel is Pastor Nate is uh, kind of taking this meta narrative approach to connecting certain elements all throughout Scripture. So, this last weekend. Uh, we talked about gardens, and we talked about the Garden of Eden, and then all the way into Revelation, and how the Bible ends in a garden as well. And then, the, you know, this thing called the death and resurrection of Jesus happens in a garden too. So there's just this incredible meta narrative all the way throughout Scripture. And midweek, what we're doing is we're going to take some Scripture that that is related to the subject of the week, and we're going to dig in um, a little bit deeper. And we're gonna focus on one passage or one element um, of a greater story. And so, gardens is the the theme for this week. And as I was thinking about and praying through what we we're gonna talk about, at young adults, um, the thing that kept coming to my mind was soil. And I was like, no, like I have to focus on gardens, gardens, gardens. And then I was like, wait, a garden cannot grow without healthy soil. So Luke chapter eight is a parable that Jesus tells. It's something that many of us are familiar with if we grew up in church. Um, and Honestly, some of us maybe have written off at this point, depending on how long we've been following Jesus. And if you've never heard the parable uh, that is found in uh, a couple of the Gospels, but is also found in Luke chapter 8, I hope that you get a ton out of this. And if you have heard this a hundred times before, like I have, I pray that the Holy Spirit would uh, maybe bring something new and fresh as we walk through this passage together. So Luke chapter eight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read, um, nine verses here right off the top, and then we'll jump back in and we'll apply it, uh, to our lives today. So this is Luke chapter eight, verses four through 15. It says this, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable, a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seeds. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, "He called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. I want to stop here. His disciples The men that were closest to Jesus go, what is going on? I take encouragement from the fact that the people who were closest to Jesus still were sometimes confused. And I hope that you take encouragement from that too. That we need Jesus to talk to us a little bit longer and we need to study a little bit more and we don't have to know everything the second that we hear it. He said, Jesus says, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. I mean, Jesus preaches a sermon. This parable is absolutely a sermon. We could just take it at face value and and learn a ton from Jesus' explanation to the disciples. But what we are called to do is not just take things at face value. We, we can learn from that, but I think that God wants us to meditate. I know that God wants us to meditate on his word. So what we're going to do is we're going to take this parable. We're going to dive into a couple of the specific verses about these four types of soil and ask some questions. So as we're thinking about gardens, I, my prayer is this, is that we don't neglect the soil from which gardens grow. What we must understand is that our lives, our minds, our wills, and our intentions are soil, and that soil needs tending to. So let's do just that. Let's ask some questions about how this passage could apply to us today. Before we walk through the four types of soil, I think it's important for us to highlight the fact that the soil doesn't represent Christians versus non-Christians. Every one of us and everyone in our lives could fall into any of these categories at any given time. It can be easy for us to think about others as we hear these things, but can we fight against that and do some self-introspection? Can we look at this and say like, no, I need to do a self-assessment on me and figure out where I'm at in the season and where I want to be and how do I get to that place? So let's look at these four types of soils. The first one is found in verse 12. It says, the seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. So, the first question is this Do we want to listen at all? Do we want to listen at all? If I'm being honest, for a really long time, I read this verse and I, I really regularly think it simply meant that, that the devil was victimizing me, that he was victimizing the people around me, that, I, that God was speaking and I was wanting to hear, but the devil was stealing away the words of God. I was kind of playing the victim card. But I think what we're going to see is that all of these types of soil are about posture. It's about posture. The enemy cannot take, hear me, the enemy cannot take what we are freely receiving. If we are intent on receiving the word of God and listening to the word of God, the devil does not have the authority to just steal that away from us. It's about our posture and whether or not we're actually wanting to listen. The word of God often goes in one ear, and not the other, because we're not truly trying to listen in the first place that we have a posture that's like, well, yeah, like if God wants to like do something crazy in my life, great. But like, I'm not, I'm not really worried about it." it. It really makes me think of how I sometimes listen to my wife. I am ashamed of, um, or maybe not ashamed, but definitely not proud of how I step in to listening to my wife at times, because sometimes she's speaking to me and there's something very important happening in a different direction, direction than she is like, like, football or something that is you know super super important. No, like I, I need to be somebody who looks her in the eyes and listens to what she has to say to me. She'll actually use the phrase like I'll be like I'm listening and she's like can you look at me while you listen and I'm like yeah yeah I can do I can do that. And sometimes she's looking right at me and my mind is going crazy and I don't actually hear what she has to say so she'll be like what what did I just say and I'm like that's a great question. I don't know. That is unintentional listening. I it, I have every ability and capacity to look my wife in the eyes, to listen to what she has to say to me, and to actually retain what she is saying. That's a posture thing. And oftentimes, that's the way that we listen to Jesus, that we're, we're, quote unquote, listening to what he is speaking, but we are distracted by things that are going on around us, or we don't have a posture that we really care about what he is saying. Anyway, we'll say that we believe that God speaks to us all the time. But we actually don't posture ourselves in a way to listen to the words that he's speaking. And for us, what we have to understand is that the next three types of soils are in a a reaction to whether or not we listen in the first place. Because if we don't listen in the first place, we're stuck at soil number one. We cannot get past soil number one because we aren't listening in the first place. But if we listen and we hear the word of God, then these three other types of soil are responses to us listening. So the second type of soil found in verse 13, those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word of God with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So the second question is this, are we rooted? Uh, Anybody else identify with this way too much? Often we receive words or promises from God and it ignites something within us. Like we've been there. We've been set on fire by something that's happening in our relationship with Jesus. And in that moment, we make commitments to do what God is asking us to do or commitments to what God is asking us not to do. We're like, I'm not going to sin in that way. Uh, No no more lust. No more judgment. No more greed. No more whatever. I'm not going to do those things anymore. And then the moment of testing presents itself and we're greedy or we're filled with lust, or, or we we do that thing again, and we party too hard, and we do do whatever it is that we weren't going to do, or when, when the moment that God is calling us to do the thing that he's calling us to do, we, out of fear, or um, what whatever our uh, vice is, or whatever it may be, we're like, no, the moment of testing is too big. I'm not going to do that thing. That means that we aren't rooted. See, I love getting hyped for Jesus, but we cannot be people who just simply get hyped for Jesus. We have to be people who are willing to dig holes that are deep enough that root us. It's hard work, but it's necessary work. Uh, My wife loves plants. We have a ton of houseplants. I actually love having the plants. I don't love the idea of having to take care of them um, because I suck at it and they would all die. But my wife is a magician and we have these big, beautiful plants all over our house. And then in the spring, she always wants to plant big, beautiful plants outside as well. And so we were at a roots garden center here in Billings and we bought these big, beautiful things that I have no idea what they were, but they were pretty. And my wife, convinced me that they were the right thing for our landscaping so we got them and Lu says like this is where I want them right here and I was like great let me do that I know how to dig a hole so I started digging a hole and I don't know if you know this but sometimes digging holes is not easy sometimes there are rocks and things in the way and I gave up on digging an appropriate hole and so what I did is I did one that was I what I would call I don't know sufficient and I put this giant tall plant in there and I covered it up and I said that's great and then a week later, we get a windstorm and heavy rain, and I walk out, and it is tipped over. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that sucks. I must not have dug it deeper. So did I dig it deeper? No, absolutely not. I just put it back up, tamped it down. It's fine. Same thing happens again. I get frustrated. It dies. And oftentimes, <laughs> I think that that is how our spiritual lives look, that we dig holes that we seem that we would deem sufficient they're not. And we get knocked over in a time of testing. And then instead of digging a deeper hole and getting more rooted, we're like, no, I'm going to put myself right back into the same situation. And I'm going to get knocked over again. And if we do that without digging deep enough holes, my fear is that we might die. Maybe not physically, but spiritually, that we would find ourselves in a place where we find spiritual death because we aren't willing to do the hard work of digging the holes that are necessary for us to be rooted. A phrase that keeps presenting itself in my life is, we cannot put our calling in front of our character. We cannot put our calling in front of our character. You see, we all have a calling on our lives. There's no question about that. But if we try to step into it without forming our character, without digging the holes that are necessary, without becoming rooted, we are going to fail. We have to become rooted. So the third type of soil is this. It found in Luke chapter eight, verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So the third question I want to ask is this, are we distracted? Are we distracted? Man, Jesus is speaking over 2,000 years ago, and yet it feels like he's speaking right into our present culture. It's like he kind of knew what was going to go down. For many of us, we so desperately want to follow Jesus and become the people that he has called us to be, but life is distracting. There are so many different things that are vying for our attention. It's money, it's influence, it's friends, it's family, it's success. It's all these different things and everything else that goes along with the lives that we lead. But Jesus was making it really clear that it's going to be difficult to hear the word of God and be transformed if we do not make the main thing the main thing. That if Jesus is not the main thing, everything else is going to distract us and it's going to lead us down paths that he does not have for us. I think it's really important that we all do a self-inventory about the things in our life that we prioritize because here's the hard truth. We, we will unquestionably make time for the things that are most important to us. We will unquestionably make time for the things and the people that are most important to us. Whether it's our personal relationship with Jesus, it's whether it's being in Christ-centered community, whether it's going to church, whether it's the people in our lives or anything else, we make time. So, what are we making time for? What are we making time for? Is it helping us get closer to Jesus? Are the things and the people that we are making time for helping us get closer to Jesus? On the flip side, are the things and the people that we are making time for helping others get closer to Jesus? Are they helping us love and serve the people around us better? What are we prioritizing? We will make time for the things that are most important to us. So what are the things that are most important to us? If not, if the things that are most important to us are not leading us closer to Jesus, are not helping other people get closer to Jesus, are not helping us lead and serve and love people well, what do we need to shift? How do we need to pivot? Lastly, Luke chapter eight, verse 15 talks about the fourth type of soil. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So the the fourth question is this, have we put in the hard work of preparing the soil? Have we put in the hard work of preparing the soil? This is obviously where we want to be, right? We want to be healthy soil that is producing fruit. To find ourselves here, though, we have to be willing to work through the speed bumps of the other three types of soil. We have to be willing to do the hard work. And that's a lot of work to get healthy. But it's hard work that's worth it, right? I think we would all agree that if we knew the outcome, if we knew that we were going to get to the healthy soil place, we would do whatever it takes to get there. But we question that. And I don't know why we question that because Jesus has made promise after promise after promise that if we put in faithful, righteous work dedicated to Jesus, we will find ourselves in a healthy place, but it's hard and we give up and we're not rooted and we're distracted. I think that one of the reasons that we often fail to be in healthy soil is because we don't want to till. And here's what I mean by that. Many of us have had seasons of really good health. It's amazing. It's, it's so good to be in those places. But what we often forget is that a season is just that. It's a season. A garden has to be tilled and tended year-round. Like you don't you don't have a healthy garden if you just plant something in untilled soil. So you go out and you till the soil and you make the soil healthy and 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 watered and it's got all the nutrients that it needs, all the different things. You fertilize it, you do all the things, and then you plant a garden and it produces a crop and you're like, that is amazing. And then you harvest that crop. But what do you do next? You don't just leave it. You don't just say like, okay, well, I hope that it does the same thing next year. No, like you have to put in the work of keeping the soil healthy. But so many of us have healthy seasons and we're like, oh, I arrived. We're going to have seasons where we feel like we're in a really good spot, but we're never going to fully arrive. So we have to do the hard work of re-tilling the soil. If we don't till the soil of our lives, we will not be where we want to be. And more importantly, we will not be where Jesus wants us to be. So are we willing to do the hard work of consistent attention? We have to water the soil. We have to feed the soil. We have to prune where pruning is needed. We have to dig up the thorns of our lives and burn them and say, I am no longer going to allow this to choke out the word of God in my life. There are so many things that have to happen to get to healthy soil, but it is work that is worth doing. It is hard work, but it's always worth it. Here's the thing. Luckily, we are never alone. We have community that can help us till the soil of our lives and where we get to help till the soil of other people's lives. And most importantly, we have the greatest gardener, the greatest cultivator ever known who is walking step and step with us every single way. And that is Jesus. So would we be people who are in Christ-centered community, who prioritize that, who say, no, like, this is important to me. So I'm going to make this work. My schedule is not too busy to not be in Christ centered community, and most importantly, my schedule is not too busy to be in the word of God, to be in the presence of Jesus. I need to bring my stuff to the foot of the cross and say Jesus, I need you more than I need anything else. He's available to us any time that we need, and we cannot neglect that. So this week, let's make a commitment. Let's make a commitment to re till the soil of our lives to get ourselves in a healthy place, to do what is necessary, to be able to receive the word of God and produce fruit and produce a crop that people can see, that people can see, wow, there are so many good things happening in and through that person because they are being faithful to the call and they can hear the word of God and it is so evident in their lives. And maybe you're listening to this and you've you've never really tilled the soil, that you have been a little bit resistant to the message of Jesus and you're like, I don't know where to start. This is where you start. Till the soil break up some hard spots in your life and say lord i want you to speak in to my life i want to listen i'm just going to start by listening to what you have to say i'm going to get into your word i'm going to pray i'm going to worship i don't know what i'm doing but man i'm interested and jesus will work through that and i hope you know that if you're in the billings area you have christ centered community that you can come to and be to and be with in person and if you're not in the billings area you are still a part of this family. Reach out, email me, text me, email people that you know who are a part of the community. We will get you connected. You are not alone. You are absolutely not alone. And most importantly, know that Jesus is walking with you every step of the way. So we are together in this and we are making a commitment to tilling the soil of our lives so that we can see healthy gardens grow in us. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.